All right, so it's a new year, and so much of me wants to be like the senseless optimist that just comes out here. It's like, it's going to be the best year ever. Like these last two years have been terrible. It's been so hard. So this has to be, and I can't tell you that I know that for sure. And so what I really want to do and what I really felt led to do was like, I'm coming in with just some realism for the new year. And I don't want to sour your optimism at all. But in fact, I want to just give you some really practical things to move towards those goals that are close to your heart, because this is like the goal-setting season for our culture. This is the, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to get stronger, I'm going to get financially where I'm supposed to be, I'm going to get the house organized season. Like the, the goals are set, and they're often abandoned about five days from now right? I mean, that's how it goes. But I want to encourage you because, man, I believe goal setting and goal chasing is hugely important. But I think that we often, like we get this whole like new year, new me thing, but the old me just follows me into the new year. It's like, no, I didn't want you anymore. I wanted a new one of these, like a skinnier one of these, a younger one of these. Like I want the old one to go away now. And it just it doesn't happen that easily. It takes a fight. And I believe it takes a different mentality. It needs to not be a mentality of, I'm going to be something just completely different than what I was seven days ago. It needs to be more of a mentality of, not everything is going to change, but I need to do better. Like, I need to take the step forward that God calls me to take that is reasonable, that is practical, and that moves me towards that goal. Because this is what's true. If you continue to take small steps of obedience, God will take you a long way. But it doesn't come from one huge sprint. It doesn't come from one huge leap. It comes from these steps. And so I want to really kind of just focus our eyes on saying, okay, how can I just do a little bit better? Where is my simple, small half step that I can take over the course of these next few weeks that'll begin to just get me a couple steps closer to my goal? And so to be in the realism category of things, we're going to start in Romans chapter 7, where the Apostle Paul is writing, and he writes about struggle, okay? We're going to talk about victory, but I believe the only way that you push through to victory is to push through the struggle. So this is where we're starting our year off. We're going to start to struggle, and we're going to move to victory. If you have your Bible, you can read along. Starting in verse 18, the Apostle Paul is writing, and he says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. Happy New Year, all right? <laughs> and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I feel like this was written on January 5th of some year, like five days in, because like day number one, at least for us, I know it's like, you know what, new year, new me, I'm going to go ahead and preemptively buy a new wardrobe, and I'm buying everything a size too small, because I'm going to be skinnier, and I'm going to fit into it, and it's like, that's the attitude on January 1st, and then January 2nd, it's like, I'm at Publix, I'm buying all the romaine lettuce, all of the green stuff, all of the veggies, we're putting it in the fridge, we're going to eat this, we're going to love this, it's going to be delicious, we're going to be so much healthier and happier. Day three, I'm cleaning out all the junk food. It's all getting out of the house, but it's 11 p.m., and now I got it all out of the house by eating it all. That's not how that was supposed to go. 
but the veggies didn't do it. I was still hungry when I was cleaning the junk food, and now I've eaten it all. And now January 4th, I'm questioning my decisions because I hate all things green, unless it's Lucky Charms. I don't want anything to green to eat in my house. And January 5th, I hate what I've been trying to do. This is dumb. I'm going back to my old habits. Like, that's a normal rhythm that we see, and it's that feeling, it's that sense of, like, I have a desire to do better, but I have such a struggle in getting to the better. And we often try to make these extravagant leaps on doing things better. I want to tell you, very rarely do we find success in that. The Apostle Paul, he continues to write on this struggle in verse 21. He says, I've discovered this principle of life, which I love. He calls this a principle of life. This is like one of the laws of science. This is a principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And he is asking the question that he soon answers in the next verse, but we're gonna stop here for a minute because I I wanna make sure that you feel the tension of this. Like the Apostle Paul, the, the church planter, the one who did miracles, who saw people raised from the dead, who spoke in tongues and he prophesied. He was spiritually deep, he was spiritually strong. And he said, I have struggles. I have wars within my mind. I battle against this principle of life where we inevitably slip up and fail and mess up. But at no point does he start to give up. And so, you know, for us, I know there's so many different goals. There's the health thing that's easy to pick on, the finances thing. I know so many of us are like, we're gonna get our finances in order this year. And we begin to look at, we don't even know all the subscriptions we have of all where our money is going. It's like, we're going we're gonna to cut cable and save money, but now we have HBO um, Plus or Minus or whatever it's called, Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Sling, ESPN, and we have all these subscriptions. They're like, we're canceling them all, and you start to do it, and instead of actually canceling it, you just end up binge-watching it. And when you're binge-watching, you say, well, at least I'll fold clothes, and you watch a whole season, you're like, I haven't folded any clothes, like this isn't going anywhere. And whether it's our finances, whether it's cleaning the house, I know that there's this this thing of I'm going to fix it all today. And what I want to begin to tell you, first of all, Scripture, it it has compassion for your struggle. And some of our struggles are simple and easy to talk about in church, like, you know, eating and finances. Some of the struggles are more real in addiction and substance abuse. And it feels like an insurmountable thing that you just can't get over. But I want to tell you, God does not leave us alone in these struggles. And where you have a desire to begin to grow and change and to get out of that, I believe that God will meet you there if you have a willingness to continue to take the small steps. And what I don't want you to do is encounter the struggle, whether, whether it's a big thing or a little thing that you feel like, this is what God has on my heart for this season. And if you feel like, but if I can't make the leap in seven days and fix it all, then I have failed again. I want you to see it differently. I want you to see it as a step. Okay, what is my first step? If I can't cancel all 80 of my subscriptions because I just get distracted and I can't do it, cancel one this week. 
If, if you feel like, I, you know, I, I need to get healthy, but I, it's just too hard to change the, the eating habits, pick one meal this week that will always be what it's supposed to be, and then eat all the Oreos for dinner. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> but begin to say, okay, where, where is the step in my struggle that I can begin to do? Because the, the thing is, desire to change is just never enough. Like the desire for it to be, getter, to be better, it, for us to actually change, it brings in a word that we don't always like, but I, I want to start this way with the way that we're thinking about this. Desires don't determine who you become. Discipline determines who you become. Desires don't determine who you become. Discipline does. And discipline is one of those words that I don't think our culture really likes right now. Because the thought of being disciplined or getting disciplined, it always has negative connotation. But discipline, we're going to talk about discipline this way. And we'll put this up on the screen as well. It says, discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Because I know whenever we fall short, when we're going after a goal, it's not because we decided we don't want that and we don't want financial stability anymore. No, we still want that. It's just we, we, we want the pleasure of clicking buy now on Amazon right now because it feels good right now. And discipline in, in earthly things and spiritual things, discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Because we all have experienced that our willpower, it only takes us so far. And, you know, let's, we'll, we'll continue to pick on the eating thing and say, okay, it's it's January 1st, and I am not going to eat that donut. Someone brought donuts into work, and they are a terrible person for that, but they did that right at the beginning of the new year when everybody's trying to diet. But you know what? I know that my willpower is strong, and so I'm walking by that donut, and I'm not touching it the first time. But the second time that I walked past it, I noticed that one of these sprinkles fell off, and it sure looks lonely, so I'm just going to kind of grab that as I walk by. And I know that some of you guys have done this because I've seen you do this in our, in our lobby when we have donuts out there for our volunteers. And then it's like, okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to eat a whole donut, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tear it in half because half a donut is a lot ha- healthier than a whole donut. And so I'll just eat that and I will celebrate that victory and it's a good small step. But then you walk past the box again and it's like, oh, the other half. Like who's going to eat a donut that I just touched? I may as well just eat the donut. And then you feel like, oh, I failed. Like I may as well just have a couple of them in a glass of milk and it's going to be fine. And there's this feeling, and this is what I think is interesting about this conversation in regards to, to discipline and how we look at ourselves and how we understand ourselves, because it starts off in our flesh, we have this conversation of it's not a big deal. Like, it's not a big deal to have a donut. But then after we do it, it's like the conversation changes to like, oh, you're such a failure. And it's an interesting fight that we have in our flesh that it's like, it starts off Oh, oh, you know, the, the enticement to, to go out of what you know you should do. And whether, whether this is, you know, sexuality outside of God's design, whether this is a substance that is being abused that shouldn't, or whether it's our eating or any other discipline that we're trying to get under control, the, the conversation in our head starts off, it's not a big deal when temptation is there. But when, once temptation has been fulfilled, it's like the conversation completely changes. It's like, you are a terrible person. How, how could you fail like that again? And it's this fight that we have in our flesh, and it can create what, what's referred to in Craig Rochelle, to, uh, um, a pastor that, that I learn a lot from. He refers to it like this, and he describes it as a shame cycle. And, and w- what happens in the shame cycle is first you start off with this concept of like, I'm going to try hard. And I think that we have, have this up. I'm going to try harder. And we can go and put that up on the screen. And it starts there. But our willpower, like a muscle, 
it wears out. Like it can only hang for so long before our willpower kind of weakens. And and then the next step that, that we go to is inevitable failure. And just like the Apostle Paul said, he said it's like a principle of life. Like as we're trying to do something, there are going to be times where we slip, where we fall, where, where we mess up. Like I know and I want to do the good thing, but then I mess up and then failure, failure happens. And then a- after failure is, is guilt and shame. And so willpower weakens, inevitable failure, guilt and shame. And, and then we just feel that guilt and shame. It's like, oh, I just need to try harder. And we kind of get into this cycle. And the thing about this cycle is that we just continue to feel worse and worse and worse about ourselves through every step of it. And I think that we also hear this voice that says, you're the only one who does this. You're the only one who feels this way. You're the only one who struggles. You're the only one who doesn't belong in church. You're the only one who could never get it right. But I wanna, I, I mean, we've already seen from the pages of scripture, the apostle Paul felt this kind of struggle. And if you want to go into this new year goal chasing, I want you to be prepared that when you fall down, get back up. Don't allow yourself to get locked into guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is not from God. Conviction and direction and vision is from God. And so when we slip and we mess up, we get back up and we keep going. And we are given an instruction about how to keep going through difficulty in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 where the Apostle Paul writes and he says, so I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And and I love the way that this is written because the concept of walking by the Spirit, it's it's not a sprint, it's a walk. If you wanna fight against the desires of the flesh that are destructive, then what you need to do is you need to walk by the Spirit, which is one small, simple step at a time. It's, it's given a pace, it's not your pace, it's the spirit of God's pace. And so often it's like we wanna go so far, so fast, so quickly, and God says, not yet, child. Walk with me. The power for walking by the spirit is not out of your own flesh, it's not out of your own strength. It comes from the spirit of God. It comes from a recognition that I am fueled by his strength and not my own. If you want to win the, the, the fight against the flesh, then it comes from walking with the Spirit of God. You know, you can walk further than you can run. You keep yourself from tiring out, and you can go much further. And the way that you walk matters. The way that you walk matters significantly. You might be able to find financial security from robbing a bank. You might be able to lose weight by refusing to eat food. The way that you get to your destination, it matters. The way that you get things in your family fixed, the way that you correct attitudes and behaviors, the way that you correct them matters. The way that you walk through your life, it matters. It's not about just getting to the goal. It's about honoring God every step of that goal. And as you move towards the things that God has called you to do right now, you should be keeping that mentality. I need to walk with the Spirit of God through this. I need to understand who he is and who I am and and the process of getting there is actually more important than the goal itself. Because if I walk away from God, but I get what I wanted in finances, I get what I want in how my body looks, I get what I want in controlling my family, but if you're walking there in the wrong way, it's not gonna last. It will crumble, it will fall apart, and so we have to walk in the spirit because this is, 
This is the reality. This is the way I'd sum that up for you. We're not just striving for a result, but we're living for an identity. And if you want to move towards a goal that you're not going to depart from, it has to shift from, I just want to see the scale say this number, to saying, this is how I honor God in my body. This is who I am as a child of God. I am walking in an empowered way where I honor God in what I eat and how I live. And, and, and this, this whole mentality with food, with spiritual things as well. So many Christians get locked into this phase of I need to avoid sin. And all they think about is how to avoid sin. And they don't at all think about how should I live? Like, like how should I impact others? How should I serve? How should I go? How should I worship? And it's this defensive posture that so many Christians take and it's just all they're thinking about all the time is sin and they may not be committing sin but they are constrained by sin because it's all that they think about and so we we need to be a people who says how do I honor God in this day not how do I stay out of that that issue that I have no how do I honor God in this day and so I'm, I'm given a morning where I wake up with breath in my lungs. How do I, okay, I'm going to carve the time out now to spend with him and start in his scripture and to hear from him in prayer. And I'm given this day, I'm going to attack it with, with taking care of what is most important first. And then God's given me people around me and I'm going to make sure that his love flows from my heart and my mouth into their lives. That I'm going to speak the words that need to be spoken today. Like, how should I live today? What are the opportunities that God has given me right now? And rather than taking this protective stance, we want to be moving because this is the identity that God has for his children. Those who live full lives. Those who are chasing dreams in a God-honoring way. And it's not just about the result, but it's understanding. I have an identity as a follower of God. And he says, if you want to know what you what your identity is doing when it's true, when you're walking in, my, my, in step with me, when you're walking with the Spirit, a good illustration of that would be the fruits of the Spirit. And to clarify some, some kind of churchy scriptural language for you, Scripture talks about gifts of the Spirit, and it talks about fruits of the Spirit. And each believer, Scripture tells us, has a gift. Each one of us has a gift of the Spirit, but they're all different. But the fruits of the Spirit are what are supposed to grow and show up in your life when you follow God, when you have the Spirit of God in your life. The fruits are what every believer should have. This is evidence of the presence of God in your life. These things will start showing up. Galatians 5, verses 22 through 23, list them. And it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the last one, self-control. There's no law, there's no limitation against these things. One of the evidences of the Spirit of God at work in your life is that self-control is something that begins to grow and produce fruit and guide you out of things that are destructive. God has given each one of us the spiritual fruit that should be showing up that is self-control. And so how do we get it? How, how, do we, how do we access? How do we begin to see that you know, rubber meets the road moment in our life? If you want more self-control in your finances, then scripturally what I tell you, spend more time with your heavenly father. Spend more time worshiping and singing and praying because when he becomes your treasure, nothing you can buy on Amazon will replace that. 
You wanna eat better, spend more time with your heavenly father. Understand your identity that is in him, that your worth does not come from outward beauty. And live your life and set your diet based on what honors him in your body. I, I, I love goals and I'm all about health. I'm all about getting stronger. I'm all about staying in the shape that we should stay in. But the, that should never take the primary seat of importance in your life. Your identity should be found in him first and foremost. And that creates a foundation for all of the other healthy choices that should occur. But there's this truth of avalanche. There's this, this other chart that we kind of flow through in decision-making when we get ourselves spiritually healthy. And it starts with this understanding that, that I belong to Jesus. I am found in Jesus. My identity is in Jesus. And so I'm gonna depend on the spirit of God in my life. And like, that's the starting point. And when we get to, get to that point, the momentum then leads us to this place where it feels like, okay, my faith is being built up. Like I'm depending on him, I'm seeing him provide. And so my faith is getting built up. And so when I encounter temptation, when I encounter difficulty, when I encounter struggle, that building of my faith gives me the strength to just walk through that moment and trust him. And it empowers me to make the right choices, to take the right actions. And then as I take the right actions, instead of falling into temptation, instead of falling sin where I feel guilty, instead I feel closer to God because I'm like, man, he just got me through that. I never thought I could have got through that. But as I was depending on him, trusting him, I saw him show up as I just kept taking these small steps with him. He was showing up and, and now I feel even closer than I was before and it empowers me to trust him more. And you'll be in a cycle in any given direction. Most of us has, have spent too much time in the cycle of guilt and shame instead of the cycle of feeling like I'm just being propelled closer and closer to God. And we've tried to make the leap from shame to just feeling righteous and we try to make this big, big change. And I wanna tell you, what we need to do is just walk with the Spirit of God one small step at a time. One small step of seeing him move because this is what I wanna tell you about all the desires and dreams that are on your heart. All the things that you feel like you want so badly. Like, you, like if you could just get that promotion, if you could just get this in the new year, what you want most will only be found in who you need the most. I have a, a friend um, who underwent dramatic weight loss. I mean, he got, he got surgery and all the guys who knew him, when we saw him, we didn't even recognize him. I mean, it was dramatic. It was incredible. We were happy for him. I mean, his life changed. And I asked him about the experience of like going through such a dramatic change. And, and he told me, he said, the, the strangest thing is I don't feel like I've lost any weight. Like it, it didn't fix anything in my emotions. It didn't fix anything in my self-identity. Like I, I thought that I would have been so much happier, but I, I'm just still the same person and I just look different to other people. Because any of the goals that we would chase, except for the goal of walking closely with God through this life, any of those other goals are not going to satisfy. They're not gonna fill the place in your heart that was only designed for God. And you know, to go back to what the Apostle Paul was saying in verse 22, he said, I love God's law with all my heart. 
But there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then he goes into verse 25 and he says, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Through all of the struggle, the victory is found not just in an action, but in a person. Band, if you guys will make your way out, I'm going to close this thing out. And I believe that we, we don't just need behavioral modification, we need spiritual transformation. Like that's the foundation for living a life that is going to bring you towards all of those heart dreams that God has implanted in your mind and in your heart. Getting our life right with God, that is the foundation that everything else is built on. When we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else is added. And I want to give you guys an opportunity. I want to give you guys a challenge as we enter this new year. And the first thing is that if you don't yet have your relationship with God where it should be, start there. Because all the other dreams need to be built on that. It's the only thing that's strong enough to hold it. But as you chase dreams, I believe that there's a few things that you need. One is, you know, you, you spiritually got to be healthy. And we stay spiritually healthy by serving, by worshiping, by studying scripture, by being in prayer. But it's, it's something that I know has gotten pushed out a lot. And so I want to start the next four weeks of this year with a challenge for our church. And this is I'm setting entry level. If, if you're in the advanced class, then you rock. You keep going and doing what you're doing. But for those of us who need a start, this is what I want to challenge you to, towards. I want you to connect with our church so that we can send you four Bible studies per week that you do on your own. And as part of your routine, set out and carve out, there will be at least four times where I read scripture on my own as a follower of Christ. And and get the spiritual things moving where they need to be. But the spiritual and the physical are intertwined in this world. And so I know that there's so many goals in here that are physically related, and I wanna challenge you, if you haven't officially picked it up yet, if you haven't been exercising, I wanna challenge you at least three times per week for the next four weeks to just take that small step forward. Whether it's going on a walk to the mailbox and back, because you haven't, then start there. If it's walking around the neighborhood, then great. If it's throwing a couple push-ups in and a couple sit-ups, great. If it's going to the gym and hitting CrossFit for an hour, great. But whatever your appropriate next step is, three times per week for the next four weeks, pick it up. And then the last part of this challenge is I believe one of the most critical and it's one of the most needed right now. For anyone who takes this challenge, I'm going to have a text code that I put up on the screen and we're going to actually connect you with a couple other people who are like-minded, who are going after the same goals of like, I'm going to exercise in this way, I'm going to study in this way, and I want you to send three messages or have three connections, whether it's over coffee or just through text message, with other people to encourage them and let them encourage you as you chase after these goals, to have some accountability, to get to know some other people in your church family and how they study scripture and how they exercise and how their life is going. And so if, if you're willing to take up this challenge for the next four weeks and you can grab your phone right now and the text code is nine, you're gonna send a text to the number 9700 and you're just gonna text get better. And one word, 
Not very good grammar, but it's how text codes work. And if you send that, whatever level you're at, I'm gonna connect you with some other people. You're gonna get some texts from me as well to encourage you for taking the step. There's gonna be a form that you get back. And when you fill that out, we're gonna get connected. This is gonna be sort of like a small group thing where you have other people that are encouraging and, and helping you. And this is one of those things. I believe it's a small step. It looks like a small step. But when you decide to get into community, when you decide to start reading scripture, when you decide to get your body healthy, I believe God will take you a long way. But the most important thing of all of those things is let's be a spiritually healthy people. And today, if things with God aren't right, before we sing our closing song, I'm gonna pray and you pray along in your heart and, and know that God in heaven hears this prayer. Father, we are thankful that Jesus Christ lived and he died on the cross to pay for our mistakes, to pay for our struggles, to pay for our sins. And we recognize that we can't fix our situation on our own, so we entrust our lives, we entrust our souls into your hands and we thank you that you receive us and you give us for forgiveness when we believe in the name of Jesus Christ. That he died on the cross, rose from the grave to give us new life. We thank you for your love and your mercy. Help us to walk in step with the Spirit, one small step at a time. In Jesus' name.